Welcome to our Painesville Assembly of God podcast. Our desire is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. If this message touches your heart, we'd love to hear about it. Email us at info at or visit PainesvilleAG.com. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to your faith. I'm here to introduce uh, our guest speaker today, which is Matt Anderson. Uh, and you can go ahead and come on up, Matt. Uh, Matt has been in ministry for over 20 years, um, has served as a youth and associate pastor in Illinois and in Ohio, um, has served at the state headquarters for the Ohio Assemblies of God, um, including a time as the, the youth director. He's founded uh, a ministry called Monumental Ministries, uh, which is an organiza- organization that seeks to facilitate landmark moments in people's lives. He's published books and dramas and short stories. This guy's got paragraphs of information that I could share about him. He seemed like a really cool guy, Matt. So without any further ado, I'm going to hand things over to him and let's uh, hear what the Lord has put on his heart to share with us this morning. Thanks, Pastor Jacob. Good morning, everybody. It's been a couple years since I was last with you. I do believe the weather was warmer the last time I was here. But uh, always great to be with you. And, and uh, yeah, the... Uh, uh, the ministry name is Monumental Ministries, but the website uh, is mattministry.com. If you would like to, uh, if you like to go there, all the books are there that are for sale. They're also on Amazon. Uh, if if you're a Prime member, um, you can do it that way as well. Also, I uh, I have a podcast that I have started since the last time I was here. Uh, it is geared towards creative Christians. Um, those of you who may be more artistic in your life, in your approach. You know, often sometimes we folks in the church, we try, we try to understand artists as best as we can, but you know, sometimes it's an odd fit. And uh, this podcast aims to kind of bring and bridge those two worlds together. And we do that in a number of ways. It's called MattCast. Uh, It's all one word. If you want to search that out on your favorite platform, we'd love for you to follow. And uh, I think it's something you'll enjoy. We really try lots of approaches creatively to uh, bring you into stories and bring you into life. We'd love to have you along for the ride. Today, uh, we're going to head towards Luke chapter 8. So if you have a hard copy of the scriptures or you've got the, uh, the app downloaded on your phone, we're going to Luke chapter 8 today. Well, I guess, I guess we all have our limits, don't we? I mean... As accommodating and polite and patient as we try to be, we're still sinful people, and sometimes we just hit our limits, uh, especially when it seems like we're getting pushed around. That seems to bring it out of us a lot. I, uh, on one occasion, I was, and how many bad stories have begun with this phrase, it was just going to be a simple oil change. And they're working on the car, and I'm sitting in the waiting area. And then the employee walks in and is heading right towards me. And I know it's bad because they're holding a clipboard. Fear the clipboard, ladies and gentlemen. And so she sits next to me, and she says, Well, Mr. Anderson, we have a few issues that we think we need to take care of with the car. And she proceeds to name eight. Now, I am a guy who keeps his car maintained. I can't do it myself. I am useless. That's why I depend on the professionals. I am really good, though, at saying, fix that. 
And so my car is well maintained. And she's now listing eight things that are wrong with the car. And each of them is at least $150. She said, well, first of all, we need to take care of this. And this is going to cost about $300. And this is going to cost Finally, after the eighth one, I looked at her and I said, are the car mats okay? Do we need to switch those out? Okay, not a good moment for me. But I, I kind of felt like I was getting pushed around. And, uh, you know, it can kind of bring that out of us. I, you know, when you think about the last two years, folks, and what we've dealt with with the whole COVID mess, I like to tell people, it feels like we're in a game of whack-a-mole, but I'm the mole. <laughs> and I peek my head, and I'm like, is it okay now? And boom, right? And here's a new thing, boom. And... Sometimes, you know, you can kind of feel like you're getting pushed around a little bit and can bring out the worst in us. Well, this morning, I want us to meet someone who really was involved in a very unique healing of Jesus. I mean, most healings were someone going to someone, someone presented themselves to Jesus or somebody told Jesus, go here and meet this person. But this one is different because it involves a desperate woman who had an issue. Now, the King James Version of the Bible calls it an issue of blood. She suffered for 12 years. She tried everything that she could to get well. And nothing had worked. She was getting pushed around. But she heard that Jesus, this guy out there in the countryside, who was doing amazing wild things, was coming to her town. Now, folks, that was her issue, but we all got issues. And here's what I mean by that. We have those things that seem to persist in our life. Maybe it's a pattern of thinking. Maybe it's a, a mode of behavior. Maybe it, it, it's an addiction that it feels like we can never see the end of. We've all got issues. And as the years pass, they seem to entrench themselves in our life. And it seems like everything we try doesn't work. So I want us to very quickly throw ourselves into her story. And maybe your issue has been for 12 years. Maybe it's been for 30. Maybe it's just been for one. Maybe since COVID. But I want to remind us as 2022 has begun. That there's a place to take our issues. There is a person to whom we take our issues. And we do not have to fight this out in the self-help aisle. It's not going to move until we get the God help aisle. And he is available to us as he would be available to this woman on this day. So would she give up? Or would she keep on going? Luke chapter 8 will tell us. Starting in verse 42. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. 
When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. My message this morning is titled, When Push Comes to Shove. I once heard a Bible study teacher put it this way. Sometimes we have to shove our way to Jesus. There are things that just aren't going to move on their own. But Jesus has given us a wonderful shoving ability to get past all those things that have held us back so that we can bring him our issue. So how do we get there? Number one, I believe we need to first get rid. There's a couple of things we need to get rid of if we want to make this amazing but difficult journey. And what I'm going to talk about now is not really what you would expect. I mean, we all know there are behaviors and habits that need to be submitted to Christ. But here I'm speaking more of habits and attitudes that we often carry that inhibit us from making our way to the Lord. More ways of thinking and portraying our lives. The first is this. We need to get rid of this. Stop playing the victim. Now, what I just said is about as countercultural as it gets. Because in 2022, there is nothing more virtuous in this world than being a victim of something. Now, here's what I mean by that. I'm not trying to say let's live in denial and let's ignore pain. Our culture is saying not only be a victim, but stay there. Let it become who you are. And my friend, that is not the way Jesus has set things up. That is not why he died on a cross. He has something better for all of us. And I think there's few things more dangerous than when somebody believes themselves to be the perennial victim. They get on this carousel of pain. And, and it turns into self-inflicted wounds, doing the same things over and over again, believing they'll get different results. They can live off the sympathy of others and almost seem to enjoy putting themselves in a position where they can be hurt or mistreated. Folks, we don't have to become what happens to us. People get inflicted with cancer, but you don't have to become that. Because ultimately, that is not our identity. Maybe you survived an abusive or neglectful home. God bless you, and I pray you're getting healing in Jesus for that. But that does not have to be who you are. Because ultimately, our identity is that we are sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. That's what we strive for. That's the one thing that never changes. Your jobs will change, your addresses will change, your relationships will change, your health will change, but your status among the Lord Jesus Christ remains forever. 
You are sons and daughters of God. We are not victims. You know the worst thing that can happen to the chronic victim is for them to get better. Because then they don't know who they are anymore. I had a a young man who came to my youth group when I was a youth pastor. We would take prayer requests and he would regularly say, pray for my dad, he's not saved. Then the next week, pray for my dad, he's not saved. For the better part of three years, he did this. Well, a funny thing happened. His dad got saved. And you know, the young man never came back to the youth ministry after that. You would have thought it was the victory he wanted. But it turned out he had become the kid with the unsaved dad. And once that changed, he didn't know who he was anymore. That's how awful this condition can be. Are we determined to always be the jilted lover? The guy who is underestimated? The woman that no one talks to? Because if so, we will make sure it happens in order to keep our victim status. Now, this woman had a hard choice to make. She had been victimized by this illness, by this disease, by this condition, by this issue. And she could have allowed herself to just resign and say, this must be my fate. And then isolate herself from everyone. Folks, you made a great decision by coming this morning. You know what you decided? I'm not going to isolate myself. I'm not just going to live in my little bubble of reality where nobody can get in. Have you ever known folks who, they lived within this high-walled castle with a 20-foot moat, and they wonder why you don't make the effort to swim through the alligators and scale the wall inside to get to you. We've made it so difficult for anyone to get to us because that's kind of what we want. So when you came this morning, you said, I'm not isolating myself in my high walls. I refuse to be identified that way. She realized the Lord had a better life for her. Secondly, not just stop playing the victim, but stop looking to people before looking to God. We all kind of do this, don't we? I would love to say I'm perfect in this area, but we tend to go for people with skin on first when we have a problem. It isn't a little nasty habit we adopt and we don't even realize it. Uh, It's amazing how often we make prayer our last resort. I don't know why we consult everyone on God's green earth before we consult the Lord who made the green earth. If people seem more accessible to us than the Lord, what does that say about us? Now, we find out in a related, another version of this same story in Mark 5, that she had spent all of her money on doctors who could not do a thing for her. Uh, In Mark 5, 26, it says that she had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. That's a heavy sentence, isn't it? And there are going to be times in life in which all the usual answers and all the the little remedies we've tried won't work. And it's usually with our issues. And it forces us to seek out the Lord himself. And we realize we probably should have gone to him in the first place. 
And as wonderful as some of the people in our lives are, and I thank God for those people that the Lord supplies to us, they cannot give the wisdom and power and advice that God can. And you know, sometimes God will ask us to do something crazy in obedience to him. And if we're only going to people, they're not going to go for that. I know many of you in this room can relate to that. The Lord wanted you to take a step of obedience in something. Maybe it was to start a business or maybe it was to change careers. Uh, and we went to people and we said, what do you think? And they went, okay. And they gave us that look of, wow, he's lost it. That look. But if we're going to the Lord first, and the Holy Spirit is confirming what the Lord is already saying. In fact, people are meant to confirm God, not the other way around. God does not exist to confirm what your friends are saying. It's his opinion that counts and the one we ultimately follow always. We must go to him first. And we'll never know exactly what he wants unless we do that. So we need to get rid of those two things. And then number two, we need to get past. We need to get past a couple of things. And this woman resolves that no matter how difficult it's going to be, she's going to somehow get to Jesus. Because he is where the healing is. And she believes in her heart. If she can only get a hold of him, not just him, anything on him even his clothing, that she'll be healed. Folks, I don't know what you call that. I call that faith. I believe that's faith in the right place. But she has to get through a mammoth crowd first. And if you've ever been in a situation like that, have you ever been going the wrong way when you're trying to leave a football game? You feel like a salmon, don't you? You're like... Oh, this is upstream. And just the force of all those bodies coming at you can literally turn you the other direction. Especially when you're determined to push your way the other way. So who or what do we need to get past if we are to get healing from our issues? First, we need to get past people who want us to stay the same. Now, I want to be clear about something here. I'm not saying these folks are evil. I'm not saying they're doing the work of the enemy. But many of those folks have a fixed understanding of who you and I are. So anything we do that deviates from that is seen as incorrect. And that it doesn't even have to be people that are close to us. They can include people who know us professionally, people we go to church with, people we're in a small group with. I, I, I just think it's, it's tough for people to see us in any other light than the one that's cast for us. I, I remember uh, at the age of 40, when I was sort of at a place of, what do I do now? Now, th this does not exist. Okay, I'm making this up. 
But I think there's this secret Assemblies of God magical handbook that says, if you're 40 and unemployed, you must be a senior pastor. You must. It's the law. But I had no sense of excitement or desire behind that. Nothing against it. God bless our senior pastors. They're the heroes of the kingdom. I wasn't feeling that heroic, I guess. And I thought, now I think the Lord wants to do creative things in my life. And so I would tell people this, that this is, this is kind of the vision that God's laying out for my life. And I got that look again. I got the, oh. And, uh, and you'd be like, oh boy, they're not behind this at all. I literally have had people say to me, why don't you just senior pastor already? And I'll tell them, well, you better get that through the Holy Spirit because he doesn't seem to be on board. It's just so hard for people to see us sometimes in any other context than the one we're in. But God is all about new things, isn't he? It doesn't mean we completely change who we are and our personality. It just means God often has new things for people. Look at the 12 disciples. My word, who would have ever laid that out for them? So it's really hard for people that want us to stay the same and just be so innocent as that. But it can leave us where we are and just say, okay, I guess this is who I am. And we don't shove anything. And then there are those who refuse to grow or refuse for us to grow. I'm not sure what the motivation might be, but it can be very harmful to us. I think one of the... um, I think one of the worst things in life, and, and it's a guaranteed uh, just relationship ender for me, is if I'm with someone who's not growing. And you can tell they haven't learned anything in Christ. It gets very difficult to stay with because the only way I can stay with them is to be like them. Those are some hard moments. I think every Christian has faced that at some point or another. And I'm not saying we abandon them and we don't love them anymore, but we don't invest the time in someone who won't invest in godly things themselves. And maybe that can be a wake-up call for them. But more than anything, I'm trying to get healing over here. I'm trying to get closer to Jesus. And I know that this is the path I have to take. You know where I've also seen this? I've seen this operate in families that have a poverty mindset. Which is a very difficult thing to shake. It's that mentality of we always get the short end of the stick. And then when something happens and someone in the family begins to excel. And they begin to rise. It's amazing how many heel grabbers suddenly show up and pull them back down and say, what do you think you're doing? Sometimes we remind people of what they wish they would be. And so they either try to make us like them or they just disappear. These are hard things, folks, but we're talking about our issues. And the Lord has a higher way for us. And it can put us in a situation where we have to choose between a relationship slash friendship and our own progress. 
question is, who will we choose? Secondly, we need to get past our insecurities. Now let's come back to the woman. Just imagine being her for a second. And she's trying to fight her way through this crap. There comes a point where the, uh, excuse me, pardon me. I'm sorry. Excuse, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to get, excuse me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Pardon me. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to get them pardon me. There's a point at which that doesn't work. And somebody starts saying something. You know, it's like being in traffic. And they've eliminated a lane that you have to merge into. And you got into the lane nice and early. But then there's folks who don't seem to know the Lord. Who want to go all the way to the flashing arrow and cut in. And we're all going, I don't think so. Right? Because it's not fair. And any self-respecting person would start to get a little insecure at inconveniencing all these people. I'm sure she was tempted at some point just believing she had crossed the line into rudeness. But when you and I are determined to move forward toward the Lord, it's going to mean having to make some changes. And chances are, they're going to be changes that maybe some don't like. But more likely, we're going to start to hear some awful stuff in our heads. Because the enemy starts pushing his favorite buttons. Which often are the very issues we're fighting against. That's not for you. That's for God's chosen. Who do you think you are? You're not qualified. You're too impure. You have too much baggage. You're damaged goods. Nothing's going to change. It's always going to be like this. And that's the stuff you and I have to really fight through. So can we keep walking and pushing and shoving our way past all of those lies? Even though it will force us to confront the strongholds that have worked on us maybe all of our lives. It's called a stronghold because it has a stronghold on us. This is a big deal. But the great news is that if we seek him, we will find him if we seek him with all our hearts. So we need to, we need to get rid and get past some things. But then finally, number three, and lastly, we need to get ready. Now keep in mind, this woman's condition of bleeding made her ceremonially unclean. According to the Jewish laws of the day, if this woman touched anyone, they too would be marked as unclean for a period of time. And they may not be able to partake in worship. And because her condition was probably embarrassing. And because she was ceremonially unclean, she would be condemned for touching Jesus. Or even being in a pressing crowd. She wanted to do this secretly. She did not openly ask Jesus to heal her. She was embarrassed at her state. So she touches, quote, the fringe of Jesus' robe. And the word fringe or border, it's a Greek word for the tassel, which male Jews were to wear on the corners of their outer garments. 
And she approached Jesus with great confidence, but she wanted to touch Jesus without touching him. She didn't want to make him unclean, but she wanted to be healed. So she touched the fringe of his robe. And it means that she believed in the healing power of Jesus. And the border of his garment served as a point of contact for that faith. Okay. Um, maybe it wasn't the most thought out plan ever. But Jesus didn't care. And aren't you glad we don't have to get everything just right and perfect for Jesus to touch us? More than anything, her faith was in Jesus. And that is what matters. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. So get ready, because Jesus won't let us be anonymous. When he does a work in us, it's not just for us. We sang earlier, earlier today, you are worthy of it all. And that's what we are to proclaim to the world when he does the thing in all of us. Then we go out and we say, he is so worthy of it all. He is the one. Who healed me? So she probably just thought, okay, I'll just kind of touch the robe, blend, you know, blend in a little bit, touch the robe, and just be like, okay, okay. And maybe you're not the kind of person that likes to be noticed in a crowd. I'm not either. But when it comes to making spiritual contact, Jesus won't let us get away with being anonymous. I think our scripture says something like, in her effort to remain hidden, doesn't work. Jesus says, who touched me? And you can almost hear a record screeching sound effect. And almost everybody just falls silent. Can you imagine it? Who touched me? She must have been thinking, now I've done it. I've gone too far, and I am now about to be pegged. I'm about to be humiliated, and I can't hide. How surprised she was about to be. And I know we talk about how when we touch Jesus, we're never the same. So true. Have we ever considered the fact that when we touch Jesus in faith, it affects him too? He says he felt healing power come out from him. When we reach out to him in love and, and dedication, he doesn't just keep moving like a politician at a campaign stop. He stops and says, who touched me? We matter to him. We're not just some nameless thing existing on the earth. Now look, folks, in truth, right? We know Jesus knew who touched him because he's God. He just wanted her to acknowledge it. And the beautiful thing about the Lord is that Jesus always leaves us better than he finds us. You know what Jesus did not say? He didn't say, I healed you. Now he did because he is who he is. But she was a part of that process. Your faith has made you well, Jesus said. 
This would not only end her suffering, but end her shame as well. As the band returns, I want you to know that when we get to Jesus with our issue, we're not going to be disappointed. Because not only was this woman made whole, she got something she didn't think was coming. She got a relationship. Did you notice what he calls her in the scripture? He doesn't say, miscellaneous woman. He says, daughter. All she wanted was healing. She ended up with a dad. Folks, I'm telling you, we've all got issues. And maybe 2022 can be the year that we bring our issue and we start pushing and shoving some other unimportant things to the side because nothing is more important than connecting with the Savior. He wants to take your issue, but more than that, he wants to take away the shame associated with that issue. And he wants to reemphasize his relationship and love for you. He wants to be able to look at you and say, my son, I've been waiting for this. You think the lecture's coming. You think the thunderbolts are coming. Wrong. He has a wonderful surprise for you. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes, please. And maybe right now you'd say, Matt, here's my issue. Here it is. I don't talk to anybody about it, hardly anybody. It has just crippled me for so long. I'm so afraid of failure that I don't even want to try. I've given so much time and money to this that if anybody knew, they would run for the exits. I will tell you this morning, the Lord will never operate in such fashion. Keep in mind, he wants to do a work in your life to be repeated on others and you're the one who gets to tell them. Are you willing to be that? As I pray, I want you to connect with the Lord in some way and say, Jesus, this is the year. This is the year the issue gets brought to you. Because guess what, my friend? Jesus has eliminated all the obstacles by his death on the cross. The veil has been torn. Now you can boldly approach the throne of grace to receive help in time of need. He is here. Now, Jesus, I thank you for being the wound healer that you are. I wanna thank you for dying for all the issues that we have. You were not surprised by them, but there is something about us having a determination to say, this is not who I am anymore. And I'm going to shove some things aside and some folks might get offended, but Lord, help me not to be offensive, but let me be determined to get there. Oh God, let this be a year of healing. We keep hearing so much about disease. 
Let this be a year of healing in this church. And as we worship you, we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you're encouraged by this message. For more information about Painesville Assembly of God, visit PainesvilleAG.com.